Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Welcome to the Wolf and Owl podcast. Uh, this is me, Ramesh. And me, Tom, aka The Wolf. Now, you're going to be hearing this very crystal clear and uh, you'll be enjoying this, but I just want the reason we're sort of talking to you now is that I need to warn you that this, this what you're hearing now. Let me jump it, in here. We, it's Ramesh's mic is terrible. Ramesh's mic was an absolute joke. And it's in th- episode three, maybe put the whole podcast at jeopardy. I wouldn't say put the whole podcast in jeopardy. What happened was, is there was an issue with my, we we recorded the episode last night. We sent it off to James, the editor, and it turns out that while Tom's sound is crystal clear, and by the way, I'm having a fucking shocker at the moment. uh, While Tom's sound is crystal clear, I sound like I'm on an illegal phone line uh, from South America or some shit. I, I, I sound like I'm a hold up in a cave somewhere in Nicaragua and I've managed to find a phone uh, and I've just we've decided to and the first phone call you've made is you phoned someone to do a podcast yeah I've said Tom Tom listen I've got great news Uh, I'm a prisoner but forget about that let's deal with that in a bit on the positive side we can get this podcast episode out so um, listen (laughs) I've listened to podcast episodes where the sound is shit and it's really annoying so I just want to apologise this is me apologising. And when you listen to the episode, you'll hear this is very much in keeping with this episode because I would describe myself as very much, this is my back on the back foot episode, I would say. Yeah. Tom gets yeah. a little bit of, I don't know, sort of, I don't know how to explain it. There's a, there's a Kool-Aid issue with Tom Davis on this episode, I would say. He's got a bit of swagger from I'd the like Christmas tree if, thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd say I'd say that I'm Tyson Fury coming in against uh, Wilder, and you're what very much Wilder in that first fight, uh, you know. So, I mean, it's just so it's, it, you know what it just gives me such an insight into how you see yourself. I mean, let's face it: a lot of people look at me and think Tyson Fury. I don't think that's that's <laughs> something that's like unique to me. 
We are the only person who's ever looked at, looked at me and go, oh, he bears a sort of like really, really sort of slight resemblance. I mean, talk, we're going to get onto resemblances anyway yeah. because, yeah. Let, let, should we just let the podcast yeah, listen, roll? So basically, I'm very, very sorry about the sound. It's still a great episode. You're going to enjoy it. I just need you to imagine that I'm phoning it in. I don't mean creatively. I mean that I'm phoning in my contribution. It'll just help you... <laughs> It will help you understand the sound quality. I apologise. But I've got it sorted now. It's going to be... The, 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 what I'm facing now is we've done three episodes. Two of the three episodes, my sound has been shit. So I just, I just want to categorically apologise for that. Yeah. Okay? Anyway, Wolf for Now, episode three. Tom Davis, Romesh Ranganathan. <laughs> Sorry about the sound. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear is a huff a puff and Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in this song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to the Wolf and Owl podcast episode three Big things, big things, episode three man Yeah, how do you think, uh, oh sorry, I'm joined by Tom Davis, the wolf Yeah, yeah, I think people know that now mm. Actually, this is, uh, this is uh, what the first thing I want to digress um, the I've been getting a lot of messages about the Tom Davis that you have been doing the hosting with. There's a different picture. It's not me. So this this, this so, guy. Yeah, so, so, so basically, on the is this this is on the the Apple Podcast app, or is it yeah. on every right? So on the Apple Podcast app, if you look up the Wolf and Our Podcast, you. Oh, by the way, a lot of people have been highlighting. So basically, th- there's a picture of a different Tom Davis. He looks yeah. like the best way to describe it is. If you remember um, the film Teen Wolf, and if you remember when uh, when Michael J. Fox first turns into a wolf and his dad's at the bathroom door, and then he opens the bathroom and his dad's also turned into that is what this Tom Davis looks like, is, is, yeah. is Teen it's Wolf's very, dad. Well, you know, I, I have beef with, well, not beef, because beef sounds out of order. I have a history with this guy. What's your history? So... So that, that, guy, is that, that, guy, that guy is Tom Davis, though. Isn't that it? guy is Tom Davis. That guy is Tom Davis. Um, as far as I'm aware, he, he was a writer on Saturday Night Live. Okay. And uh, I think he wrote Trading Places, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd. Right. And he's in that film as well. He's actually yeah. got a bit of pedigree as a writer. So when I first signed with my first ever agent. It's slightly it, insulting to me that you would tell me the cast of Trading Places. <laughs> no, but I know it's a cool film. It's, a, it's not Star Wars, is it? Do you know what I mean? Okay. All right, carry on. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, just in case right. you didn't know. No, I do know. I do know Training Places. But also for listeners out there who might not know. Sure. I know okay. that we, your audience is a younger one than, you know, you've been quite a youthful audience at <laughs> don't start. Don't start backtracking <laughs> on what you think of my audience. Mate. Right. So listen, I, my uh, my agent basically starts putting me forward for writing jobs when I first okay. started staying stand-up. And then right. one, one company's like really, really excited that I'm coming into the writer's room. Yeah, because they think it's Tom Davis who's thrown over from New York, who's written on Saturday Night Live and Trading Places, and a fucking oi cat of Sutton comes in, and uh, yeah, it was um, 
yeah, I was literally ejected quite quickly after. But then when that guy died, that guy passed away, God rest in peace. Uh, he, uh, my agent got a load of calls then about like quotes and stuff. So he's followed me around. James DeFrond, the director uh, that you know well, my friend James. James started. Our, our friend James now, right? Our friend I mean, we, James. We well. Yeah, yeah, our friend, yeah. yeah, of course. He, um, he thought it was hilarious to, for ages, whenever I, I was getting credited on IMDb, to put that face up. So that, that fucking face has followed me around for a long, long yeah. time. And I thought I'd, I'd sort of like, I'd outgrown the dead Tom Davis, but it well, seems I, that. I'm glad there's a photo haunting you. First of all, the other, the other thing I would say about that photo, that photo selection is my photo on that looks fucking hideous as well. I wish I had a dead Ramesh Ranganathan that I could blame that on. It's just me that looks like an absolute piece of shit in that. You photo. look like you're trying to be cool at like a really, really average <laughs> award ceremony. It looks like it looks like, like, awards. It looks like I'm at the um, I'm at the Crawley, the Crawley <laughs> branch of the uh, RTS awards. <laughs> I love that's super that's... super local. I love that either side of you in that picture was Kane and Mar- Kane and Marlon Dingle. <laughs> <laughs> But then, do I tell you what else? So when I was in, when I did um, Just Another Immigrant in LA, right? It's part yeah. of the, one of the episodes of that show. I went to do one of the things. Well, you know better than I do, Tom. You've got a much more extensive uh, acting background than me. But one of the things that they're obsessed with doing is getting headshots, right? Oh, so okay. it was yeah. So so when I went to that, this is something that I just hadn't. It hadn't occurred to me that this is a thing, you know. Like I hadn't taken those types of photos. So when we were in LA. Um, one of the episodes was me going to like a Hollywood photographer and getting these headshots, right? So she said to me, and they, they, by the way, they say this totally fucking straight face, right? So she goes to me, there's a number of uh, different roles that people tend to book someone that looks like you for. She goes, terrorist. She said it so straight face. She goes, terrorist, right? Somebody that works in like an IT hardware store or whatever, like a, a Best Buy or something like that, right? Uh, then she said, I can't, I can't remember the other two words. Who said right? the photographer or your agent? The photographer, the photographer. The photographer oh, said yeah, this, yeah. right? So she's like trying to get me headshots that she's thinking that are going to be the most useful, you know, like when these like casting companies ask for a photo. You right? just at a computer. Yeah. <laughs> no, basically, do you know what it was? It's not even that, mate. Do you know what it was? It was me wearing like one of those uniform polos, like a bright red polo with like a, hi, my name is... Like you worked at like PC yeah. World or something. Yeah. yeah, hi, my name is Rajesh or whatever. On a... So anyway, one of the photos, I was obviously sort of taking the piss because we're doing it for for the show. And then like one of the photos, um, she goes to me, just try sexy or like brooding, right? So I did it for a laugh. That photo gets used on so many fucking things now, man. It's like that photo, I I can't get rid of that photo. And so like loads of times when a show gets announced, they'll put that photo up and I'm just like, but the problem is, Tom, I'm saying that to you. You, I'll show you that photo, and you think, and I, I guarantee you'll just go. Well, I don't see the difference between that and any other photo you've done. But to me, I just know, man. It's it's such a. It's I just know thing. what I was doing. When you're either of us, and you, I had to do a photo shoot for, uh, like a fucking magazine thing uh, last year, and the guy, like, firstly there was a dresser there who they were like, yeah, they're trying to make it sound all cool. And she's like, Oh, we've got someone here. She's got you loads of designer clothes you can wear for the photo shoot. I get there and it's like nothing fucking fitted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, well, he'll have to wear his own clothes, which essentially is like 
playing like that's like playing PE in your underpants. Yeah. Let, like the, let the let the let the monster wear whatever special clothes he's brought with him. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't a slam on you, by the way. That's how they make you feel, isn't it? The way they say it. Or or there was one shirt that just about fitted, and they were like, yeah, if we do this one from the back, it will really work. And I'm like, no. And that thing of like, when you're standing there, and they're like, you know, just look really, really, look silly and fun. And you're like, not, not one part of me can do that without thinking of all of my mates that I grew up with looking in a window at me going, Oh, no. look, look what's he become it's a really <laughs> it's a really strange thing i i i didn't have a headshot you know until last year that was the first really? time i had yeah never had a headshot until last year my agent used to call me all the time like you need to get a headshot done and i just yeah. my head you know my headshot genuinely was uh, a picture that james stefan took in a pub garden in Croydon. that was my headshot for really? for, for eight years you know when people say to you i'll had you know acting wise do i need an agent and headshots i'm like no He's be good at acting. Yeah. Worry about that. Then the rest will come. Yeah, that's what you have. Dropping some education there. Yeah, no, that's good, man. It's like fuck. You got to preach on these assholes, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking dropping. Tom Davis is dropping science. You youngers need to fucking learn. Listen. Yeah, man. Do you know what? What one of the things that happened to me was when early on, I had a headshot. I didn't have a headshot. I just had like a standard photo that my agents at the time. I just stuck up on... Is it like Listen, mate, mate, I'm yeah. sorry. Well, well, I love you to death. Right? Yeah. You have loads of headshots. Like, <laughs> you... There's a, I have a library of at least 30 headshots of yours on my phone <laughs> that I can scroll through. Yeah, but, you, you know, okay. First of all... <laughs> I still remember your first Edinburgh picture. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? My my first one of my first my first Edinburgh poster, right? Like my, when I did my first solo show, is it, the show is called Romcom, and it's me with Lisa, Theo, and Alex, right? Our elder two. Yeah. yeah. Ch- Charlie hadn't been born yet, and we're at Brighton Beach, and I'm just looking off to the side, and like Lisa and the kids are looking away, right? And um, my agent said, um, I really like that photo at the time. Now I hate it, but at the time I I liked it. But my agent said, well, you can't have it because you're not looking down the barrel of the camera, right? And so you can't use it as a thing. So we got into a massive thing. But I will say this, right? And I know that you're a very – look, we're very good mates. And one of the things yeah. that I know about you is you worry because you and I have the same kind of hang-ups. You worry yeah. about how you talk to me about my appearance. I'm just going to tell you this now, right? I don't think there is a single photo of me looking down the barrel of the camera that is okay, and and, and and that's as as crosses to bear go. That's fine, but there is not a single photo where I am looking directly down the camera that there isn't something like that look, that looks wrong or oh, looks mate. creepy or looks or looks hideous. Even like there's one where I remember when we went to that Sky event. Right? Oh, and I was, God, wearing, yeah. I was wearing that suit or whatever. And I remember that was you, a sick suit, by the way. Well, thank you. But I remember you saying to me, oh, you look good, right? You look good today. Like, you look really good, brother. Like, it's a really nice thing for you to say. And then, and then we, we just before we got into our cars, we got, like, f- like photographed. There was some, like, guy just waiting outside for all the... And, and he wasn't expecting his shift to start that early. We didn't anticipate that two people would have such low self-esteem <laughs> that they would leave the event that early on <laughs> in, during the proceedings, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> so he took a photo of me, right? And I actually got into the car afterwards. I thought, I might. Do you know what? When that photo comes out, I think it might be all right. That photo is a fucking disgrace. I've not seen it. It's, it's, just, it's just horrendous. Mate, it's I awful. had a photo that night with you where I actually, that the, I, the photo I've got with you is okay. I had a photo that night with with Jamie, Freddie, and Harry. And yeah. I looked, it's the worst picture ever. I genuinely look like, like sort of some weird fucking fan that sprinted up. Oh, as I look out of breath in a fucking picture. Yeah, but I I've seen that photo. So in that photo, is that the one where you're looking across at Jamie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a bad look. I'm going to tell you that now. It's nothing to do with your physical appearance. It's that just a bad, a bad look. look. It's just a bad look. It's one of those photos that could be used in the meme. I just want somebody to look at me the way Tom Davis looks at Jamie Redduff at the Sky event. <laughs> It's so fucking hard, though. They're the worst ones, those pictures. Yeah. People out of sympathy will say, oh, you look really, really good in that picture. Wow, you can see their eyes just sort of like, sort of undressing Jamie and Fred. Do you know one of the things that I find really sort of annoying about it is like, I've talked about being ugly on stage, right, or being unattractive yeah. on stage. And when you do it, it's very difficult to get that, that to work because people feel uncomfortable about you saying that, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and a lot of the time people go, you'll hear, you'll actually hear, People go, no, no. And, yeah. and, and I, I get that they're, what they're doing, what they're doing is they're trying to be nice, but it's all very well. So it's all very well saying that in the room, but I still look like this when I leave the gig. <laughs> so, so for you to sort of give me that sympathy noise <laughs> in the moment, it doesn't suddenly make me attractive. I have to live my life like this, right? So <laughs> I, I appreciate you going, I appreciate you going, oh, you shouldn't say that, but I should, right? I should. Based on my life experiences, I absolutely should. It's such a funny thing <laughs> that someone thinks by a really disingenuous, no, no, no. no. You're going to go, actually, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Fucking you know what, 41 you know you... years of feeling like I look like a fucking piece of warmed up dog shit has completely fucking evaporated now. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what you told me, what, what that no it means? It doesn't mean that I'm attractive. What it means is I can't do stand-up about it. You, you, you've, even, you've taken that away from me. No, no, what, what, it means is, what it means is you fucking feel worse about my fucking physical appearance than I do. It makes you feel sadder because I've had I've had many a year to fucking get my, get a grip with this, but you you feel fucking you feel so sorry for me. Um, but look, Tom, um, it's very lovely to, to see you. If you're at Christmas tree, a lot of talk about the Christmas tree. But well, I listen, I, I want to talk about this Christmas tree thing because... Because you were wrong and I was right. There's a lot of people have okay. got in contact with me to say it felt a little bit like David Goliath, um, the way you took David down Goliath? <laughs> you... <laughs> oh, mate, seeing that fucking that David Goliath. No, um, but you're David, are you, in this scenario? Yeah, yeah, and you're Goliath. Right. Yeah. And, it's the uh, only time that you will be Goliath. Right. And what is that? Goliath, the sort of one-eyed giant? Is that what you're talking about? Is no, no, because you've got, because <laughs> you've got, like, you were, in, going into that battle, yeah. you were by far, everyone would have put money on, on that, you being right and me being wrong. Oh, wait, 100%. And, and, and I'm going to tell you this now. I a lot of people to... have come to me, by the way, saying, oh, I feel I could stand up to my husband or I could feel like I could stand up to my big brother the way you stood up to Ramesh. Somebody said to you, I feel like I can stand up to my big brother. 
somebody got in touch with you to say, I feel like I can send it to my big brother. <laughs> Sorry, Tom, are you... Are you... Have you been spending your time at a primary school? What, what's... No, no. I, I, they, the guy was an adult. He was 24, 25. He's obviously right. got a domineering older brother. Okay. What, he, what he said to me, it was a way that I help, like I handled can, can, you. Can I do, can, okay, first of all, uh, uh, yes. What I would say to you is, and by the way, before you started into this kind of, this person said this, and this person said she had the strength to leave her husband because of listening to how we were dealing, <laughs> how you were dealing with me on the podcast, right? Before we start getting into that, okay, all right? I first of all, I was starting to, I was going into an apology actually. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Because the truth is, I went in with not knowing enough and I went in too hard on you there. I went in two footed without having all the facts. And actually, I deserved that embarrassment. All right. I did deserve that embarrassment. And I'd go further to say a lot of people have got in touch with me to say, one, that that Christmas tree pissy thing is actually incredibly common and in fact yeah. there, there is a there is a i think there's a, a breed of tree called nicknamed the cat's piss spruce or something because because they, they smell it like the that. cat's piss spruce and also one people said to me how humiliating it was the way that i sort of got owned by you there yes. uh so yeah um what do you mean how we, humiliating like, well do you know it, what i mean for someone to, to be sort of outmaneuvered <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. In that way, by you, Mate, is, is two great minds going head to head, and I think I think, but there's been a shift in our relationship since that moment. I think there was like, you know, I think going into that battle, it was a little bit. I think you were like um, uh, Wilder, and I was like Fury in that in that battle. <sighs> it's, it's, it, I'm giving you the fucking win here. Why do you have to do this? That's the last thing I'll say about it now. Okay. Yeah, we've got some more stuff, yeah? Well, no, I've got an email, an official email from an expert. Okay, so remember you you requested an expert. So this email is from Connor Gallagher, right? Nice. Uh, uh, The email goes, hi, both. First, my credentials. I run an urban agricultural company called Allot Me in London, and I also consult for one of the biggest Christmas tree companies in New York. And they regularly wow. talk about how to make your tree last and not smell like piss. Okay, so this is actually a common problem. 
basically, when you buy a real tree, it should be given a fresh cut at the base so it can soak up water. Over time, the tree attempts to scab over the cut by producing sap. The sap clogs up the pores in the cut so that it can no longer soak up water. The pissy smell comes from the stagnant water that sits at the base of the tree. In the US, where live trees are much more common, people do a range of things to avoid the piss smell. For example, like putting Sprite in the base instead of water. Oh, really? That's from Connor Gallagher. Big fan of both your work. Keep it up. So wow, there you go. Sprite, yeah? Would just 7-Up yeah. work, do you think? Or Can you email him back and say, would 7-Up work? Because, because Sprite is so difficult to get hold of. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, just if there's... Mate, at the moment, we live in a world where something like Sprite could be completely ostracised. So, what, do you mean, what do you mean Sprite could be ostracised? Well, like you won't be able to get hold of it anymore. I think, okay, I'm just going to say, I think Sprite's easier to get hold of than 7-Up. Can I just put that out there? Really? I think so. Doesn't 7-Up feel like a bit more of an old-school drink than Sprite? Sprite feels a bit more of the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. I wish I, wish I, hadn't, said that. Little... I wish hadn't said that out loud. <laughs> maybe in, like, for you hipsters, Sprite is the <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> Do you know what I don't like? It's this Christmas tree thing that's giving you a bit of swagger uh, that I've got, I, I really don't like. Right. But go on. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, no, Sprite is a hip nut young, like for you youngsters knocking about with your fucking Sprites and your fucking baggy jeans and your fucking roll-up fags, right? <laughs> the thing about 7-Up, yeah? yeah. 7-Up is yeah. a classic drink. Right? My worry right. is that, you know, I put 7-Up in there because I'm a 7-Up guy. I'll only have Coke. I ain't going to roll down the same street as Pepsi. You know? Okay, I'm but classic... Tom, 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 that's to drink, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... This is for stopping your Christmas tree smelling a piss. So, so why do you give a shit what drink you put on the tree? So what you're saying is, what well, I prefer drinking 7-Up, so I'm going to use 7-Up. What the fuck are you talking about? What about our, our whites? I think we just, yeah, I mean, I don't want to make two big shows about Christmas trees, right? No. Because I, I've already won that battle. But I just want to know, just, <laughs> just before we, you know, just before we go, if you could just email him back. Almost, this is near nothing to the show, just a, Thing for me, if you yeah. man go, hi, this is Rom on behalf of me and Tom. Yeah. Tom wants to know, could you would would Seven Up work as well as Sprite? By the way, for, for for people that are listening to this podcast and you're sort of hearing the smugness and the kind of self satisfaction in Tom Davis's voice, in that that's your fault. That is your fault for getting in touch and going on about how he's been vindicated or whatever. Now you see what this is what you get. You deserve this. This sort of to- honestly, you don't know this. I'm on a Zoom with him now. The fucking look on his face. It looks like the cat who's got the cream. <laughs> I, I, I was oh, going to extend nice. that metaphor, but I'm, that's, the, that's the end for me. But yeah, um, anyway, let's let's put the Christmas thing, tree thing to bed. Let's the put Christmas the tree skip. thing is to bed. I mean, this guy, this guy Connor, Connor has offered to come onto the podcast. Uh, I think we've got it cleared. We've got it cleared. Yeah, it feels like, you know, thank you, Connor, for offering. Um, keep in touch about, we might need him for other stuff. It's good to know the sort of people we have in our arsenal. Yeah, yeah Absolutely. If, Absolutely. Yeah, there might be something about bushes or, I don't know, cactuses that you mm. can get in touch with at a mm. later date. We, we, uh, we've put up our tree this year. Oh, yeah. How's it looking? We put it up, I put it up yesterday. Uh, I say I put it up. We put it up yesterday. Uh, Lisa reminded me, my wife Lisa reminded me, that we uh, we argue every year when we put the tree up. Is, that, is this a oh, yeah. point of contention for you? Yeah, massively. It's, it's, um, I didn't remember this. Apparently, the first year that Lisa and I were going out together, or were living together, um, we were putting the Christmas tree up, 
Uh, this is like early days. So like, this is like when I was still trying to impress her, not now when it's just like a husk. So I was, I was apparently we put the lights up and we're trying to untangle the lights and I got pissed off with the way that she was doing it. Right. And I went to bed What in a strop. Apparently this is what right. I should. Really? That's, have you done that before? Like you might, I mean, if you've done it about Christmas, was was going to bed in the straw for thing you did back when? No, but that that's why that was so much of such a surprise because it's so out of character. Like I just don't like Lisa and I don't really lose our temper or get stroppy or anything. Wow. Do you know what I mean? It's pretty. It's, you know what? We're in a position now where I will spend ages unraveling the lights because I've yeah. hurriedly put them in a fucking box when mm. they've come down, like in January. Yeah. And yeah. Catherine, De- I, I know now that I've got nothing to do when it comes to decorating the tree. Like, what yeah. I'll put some baubles up, and she'll go. They're all clustered, or they, you know, they're too far apart. This one should be there, but she'll yeah. try and like engage me to to take part. But nothing I ever do on a tree's right. Yeah, I just now I'll just be putting sprite in him. So you will put sprite in. Oh yeah, I'm gonna try that now. Yeah, yeah try yeah. it. Let report back to us. I, I've got a fake tree. So have you really? Wow, what is that really bad? I just think it's cool to have a real one. I mean, but then your ethics are different, aren't they? Like, what do you mean? The whole, well, the whole vegan thing and all that. Like, What's that got to do with having a real Christmas tree now? Well, I think like you can't spend 11 months of the year like running around town telling everyone you're a vegan and you're defending the earth and then have a fucking real tree in your front room when people come around. I mean, if any year, this would be the year to have had one just to see how you get on with it. Okay, but, but I eat vegetables, right? I mean, I, I don't... Okay. This is what this is the thing about about um, non-vegans, right? Right. Yeah, it's like is this kind of non-vegan banter that you no, have to put I, up with? Is no, it, you can't have a real, you can't have a real Christmas tree in your house because you're a vegan. You've been running around. T- I haven't run around town telling people not to harm plants. <laughs> no. I haven't, no been, I haven't been running around town telling people not to harm animals. I don't give a shit what you do. But no, no, no. But what I'm saying is ethically, that's why people don't have Christmas trees, right? Because the ozone layer and stuff. That's why people don't have Christmas trees. Is that true? I think so, yeah. I think Do you know what? I've, I've got to the point now where I'm so fucking damaged, confidence-wise. You, you could tell me anything now as a fact, and I would just accept it. <laughs> you know, even as I questioned it, my internal monologue went, don't do that. That's, that's backfired on you before. <laughs> You um you went to the pub today, didn't you? I went to the uh, I went to the yeah I went played a bit of golf and then had a right. couple of pints. So I um I uh, haven't really been out since lockdown ended. Yeah. Uh, what's it like? Cool. You have it to have good. you have to have food, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was going to eat there anyway. I I had an amazing Sunday lunch and I had a, a nice cheese sandwich. What, what did the, you have? Uh, what did you have for Sunday lunch? Oh mate, I had the best. I genuinely shout out Hitchens Barn. I had the best Jesus. Sunday lunch I've ever. ever what? Guys, just so you know, guys, he didn't ask me to. This is an accident. This is pure accident. This name dropped by Tom. No, it was. I just had the best Sunday lunch I've, I've ever had. So what was it? What was in it? Yeah, listen. Yeah, listen. Let me drop this. Right. I had a Stilton and cranberry souffle. Okay, that was a starter. Pot. That was a starter. Yeah, a starter. How big? How big are we talking? I'm talking like that. Okay, and what did it come with? I mean, that to be honest with you, you're holding your hands up, not ideal for the audio medium right, as a podcast. I'd say it was probably the size of two tennis balls with a golf ball on the side of it. 
<laughs> what an incredible description. Um, it's, a, it's a size of two, te- two tennis balls with a golf ball beside them. <laughs> there you go, guys. If you can visualise that, it's a souffle about, about the size of two tennis balls with a golf ball next to it. Okay, go on. <laughs> so, <laughs> did, they, did, they have, did, they have, um, did they have a little side salad with that? No, 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 no. They, just, they just put some greenery on it, a little bit of greenery on right, it, but okay, I took yeah. that off. I don't off. mess with that stuff. Do you ever um, eat the side salad bits when they... No, no, no I, it's, it's my pet hate, and I... I does, any, was, does anybody? Does anybody? I, I think it ruins a meal, All like a load of her, herbs and greenery, I'm saying. If you've not asked for it, I don't think we should... You should have it It's, a, it's a waste, isn't it? Can, can, I had a lamb put... stew, and it was just covered in greenery at the top. It was a beautiful stew with rosemary mash, you know, like that. Um, well, I don't think I would. It's probably had butter in it. Oh shit! So yeah. you know, you know, it, no, it wasn't a joke. I just said out of everything I've had today, the one thing I ate thinking oh, Romish would like this was the rosemary mash. The, the idea, <laughs> the idea that you expect me to believe that while you were sitting there having your post golf lunch, you were tucking into your mashed potato, and you thought, "Oh, Romish would like this." <laughs> no, I do. If, 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 if I was having, if I was having, if I was having lunch with Romish now, I'd probably take I'd t- take a spot of this mash and put it on his plate. He'd love that little tinker. <laughs> No, I did think of myself. No, I did think so. As I was tapping my belly and thinking, "Quite, it's lovely that." Yeah, Romish would have liked that. You'd have, you'd have got a kick out of that mash. But the piece de resistance, oh god, even now thinking about it, it's just dreamy. Was a um, apple and blackberry uh, like pudding with meringue top. It was unreal. Meringue top. Yeah, it was a uh, and freshly cut meringue. So meringue on the top, and how they what they done to the apple and the blackberry? Stewed with a little bit of custard, and then on top of it, they had the meringue. So it's like it a crum- it's like a crumble underneath. Crumble, but yeah, crumble underneath, but then a meringue on top. I've, Honestly, never, even, I've never even heard of that. What did they call that? Uh, it was got an apple and black blackberry pudding with a meringue top. Uh, Jesus Christ, that wasn't the name of it, was it? <laughs> no, it was. It's one of those, it's one of those places where they've not gone for fancy names; oh, they just so, go with descriptions. Yeah, but they, that, that's that's the new fancy. That is, do you know when they sort of go? When the description's really long. Yeah, yeah. That is like, that's a new fancy. And they had some nice vegan stuff. What did they have? Uh, artichoke soup. Look nice. That's what's embarrassing, isn't it? It's, it's that, l- listen, I'm sure it was a nice artichoke soup. <laughs> Nobody is hearing that. <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. Not even vegans are hearing that and going, oh. <laughs> Oh, was that? We should get down there. Artichoke soup, you say? Come off the back of meringues and fucking like fucking lamb stews. Lamb Souffles. Just as you're sort of chewing on your shank there. Are you enjoying your enjoying your soup there? Want a bit more bread with that? Can't have the bread. I'm afraid it's got butter on it. Yeah, have they got some dairy free spread? But it was. it was very, uh, yeah, it was nice. I, I, it, I, I like, I enjoyed getting out. A couple of beers mm. It was mm. nice. Mm. Mm. My first birdie at golf as well, mate. Congratulations! Who are you playing with? Uh, my mate Michael. Oh, good. Got Big shout, shout out to Michael. as well, and for some incredible clubs. So fuck, man, it's incredible oh. this guy. Um, can I? Can I? Do, while we're doing shout outs, actually, I want to shout out the people that are responsible for my race today, and that is Coughlin's Bakery. Now I've talked about Coughlin's before. Yeah. They do vegan everything, right? Like jam donuts, baked rolls. Really? Yeah, mate, they're so good, right? Anyway, I got from them a vegan bacon 
Uh, I think it's like a bacon Wellington thing. Right? Oof, that sounds nice. It, mate. Honestly, Tom, you'll love it, mate. It's so good. So how, how are the vegan, like, when it comes to these, sort of your breads and stuff? Like, how do they sit when? Because I had some gluten-free bread the other day, and it doesn't take butter well. No. I, I think gluten is a big problem for bread. Yeah. You know, right. gluten, really... gluten and bread are... Uh, it struggles without it. They're very happy bedfellows, aren't they? So when you, when you remove gluten, yeah, it's difficult. It really struggles without it. Yeah, it does. Um, what I was going to say is, though, is whenever they have a vegan option, they normally make it a gluten-free option as well. Like they sort yeah, of, yeah. They sort of bandy that all together. I remember like early on when I started doing comedy, um, I got invited to, um, to like a minorities, minority comedians getting on TV event. And it was a room just full of black, brown, lesbian, gay, and disabled people just in sort of a paddock. Uh, that's you know just they just yeah, they just yeah. banded us all together in a thing. That's what it reminds me of. Do you know what I mean? That sort of <laughs> just fucking throw it all in one thing. They all they all deserve it. They all need a bit. Who of would you say out of like being a vegan? Like, where would you say like the, the hierarchy of like sort of innerisms or whatever they're called? Like, you know. Where would you say veganism sits alongside like glutenism and stuff? Well, if people if, if people are gluten intolerant, yeah, then you know that's a condition, right? If yeah, people, yeah, my if wife's people, gluten intolerant. She yeah. can't have. She can't if, have if, if people are just gluten free, they're a bit looked down upon. But I don't think there's a group of people, dietarily wise, that are hated as much as vegans. Like the, the, yeah. the amount of like I did a when I was doing the Ranganation, they asked me to do a video like a like a little promo video and i just did a thing like just taking the piss about how i thought vegans are better than non-vegans and the reason that non-vegans hate us is because we're we're much superior people i was just taking the piss i mean it, it sort of went it got like shared quite a few times and then i became like this target figure for for anti-vegan kind of hate groups so it's like i got sent a video like a group of people all throwing beyond meat burgers into the bin and just like going fuck you fuck you vegans I want real food and all this shit. Just like properly losing their minds. Man. I'm going to jump on this, by the way. I, uh, you treated me once to Beyond Meat, and I've had a number of different vegan burgers, and I will still shout from the rooftops about those. Remember those vegan chicken nuggets you got me that time? Yeah, yeah. I would say that more for them for throwing any food in the bin. Was that was that when we starving did, in the world? Was that when um, we did the gig? Yeah, the gig. That was Temple of Satan. That was yeah. But yeah. but but um that 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 thing about. I mean, I wonder what I think is, because it's about 10, 15 people throwing the burgers in the bin. What I would hope for the sake of their movement is that they were retrieving that same set of burgers from the bin. Because otherwise, they've gone to a supermarket and bought 15 sets of those burgers, which I, I would argue is undermining their cause slightly. Do you know what I mean? It's like burger sales have gone through the roof. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's because it's massive craze of non-vegans throwing them in the bin. Oh, it's the best thing that could have happened to us. That'll learn him. Um, That'll learn him good. Right, do you want to? We've got, we've actually had somebody send in a problem. We've had a few actually, but we've got somebody oh, wow. sending a pair of detailed problems. Now, I don't know if we're going to get to both of them, uh, bearing in mind that once again we found ourselves heavily distracted by, um, by the tree chat yet again. Uh, but this is from, uh, well, I don't, I don't actually, um, want to say the guy's name. I'll tell you why. He's given his name, but I don't think he really wants his name out there. And, and it will come. I'll explain why in a minute. Okay, so this is from um, anonymous. Now, it says hi, Rom and Tom. Firstly, 
when you're reading out these emails, do you read the bit where they say something nice about the show? Does it look a bit yeah, wanky? Yeah, I think it's good for people. Okay, sorry. All right. Hi, Rom and Tom. Firstly, love the show. Always thought you two should do a show or podcast together. If you could help, that would be great. He sent two separate problems, okay? Okay. Uh, problem number one. And this is the reason why I've anonymized him, okay? Um, one of my uni flatmates is showing interest. But I don't know whether it's smart to get with her, given that everyone knows you shouldn't shit where you eat. Um, I know. I might ruin. I might ruin the flat dynamic and make it awkward. However, I'm finding it increasingly hard to be rational, particularly because, as we know, female attention is diamond grade in rarity, especially for someone who's been frequently told that they resemble a shit Harry Potter. Should I should I submit to the will of my penis and get with her, or should I show a sense of reason and refrain from it? Wow, um, that's a big question. I mean, l- listen. Based on some of the language used here. Uh, I would 100% say I've done you a huge favour in anonymising you here. First yeah. of all, I don't know what the nature is of your attraction to your flatmate. You're saying she's showing interest. For you to say, submit to the will of my penis, is such an incredible, yeah. I, incredible I personally phrase. think, and, and thank you for your kind words about this podcast, and, and but saying submit to the will of your penis is... I, I pretty much think that that will be... I think you've answered your own qu- problem there. I think the fact that if she ever knew that that's how you'd... I, like, if you really wanted to go for it, you, you probably would have, I think, you know... Also, the, 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 the absolute criminal decision to say that you resemble a shit Harry Potter and not refer to your dick as a wand is an incredible level of neglect. The absolute open goal in terms of word. Do you think there. everyone with glasses sort of since Harry Potter knocked her up, like came about like everyone's just been compared to sort of like sort of like weedy sort of dweeby look as sort yeah. of being compared to Harry Potter I yeah. do know I've never seen a Harry Potter movie by the way why not just not for me is it it's not it was never made for me so it's not I've got do no you, do you only, sorry do you only watch things that are made for you no yeah what but, are you yeah. a fucking sultan <laughs> what? no like when when <laughs> When they were fucking knocking about the idea of Harry Potter, they weren't thinking, oh, this will really be, like, fucking... He'll, he, he, I'm not their target market, am I? Let me, let me tell you something. You're not any movie maker's target market. Any Jason Statham movie that's been made, <laughs> mate, I'm their fucking target market. Any Sly Stallone fucking film, I'm their target... Bad no, Boys, right, I'm right, their fucking right. target market. You're not the target market for Bad Boys. What are you talking oh, about? Of course I am. Who? What, what would you say? I mean, look. Your target market for you would be would probably be Harry Potter, right? And Star Wars. <laughs> no, you love all that shit, like wands and fucking spaceships and fucking wands and like, fucking spaceships, <laughs> aliens and shit. <laughs> no, and I love that about you. But like, <laughs> don't talk, don't don't say it no. about me like it's a fucking condition that you've that you find endearing. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, first of all, no, no. First of all, first of all, Harry Potter and Star Wars are not the same shit. Okay, that's the first thing. All right. No, you're okay. a sweet soul. <laughs> that's the sort of you stuff. really, you really, it's really fucking. You, you've, you've got drunk on your own fucking, on your no, own fucking right. vapor here. You know right. that. No, no, I haven't. I'm you just have. saying. No, you have. No, you've got. You know. You've had a fucking. Do you know what you've had? You've had an. You've had an away win, and you've come into the next game fucking full of yourself. That's what's happened here. <laughs> right. No. You would say we've known each other a long time, long enough for us both to know that sci-fi stuff is your is your bacon, right? You love that stuff, right? Yeah, bit insulting to a vegan, but yeah, go on. <laughs> All right, okay. 
sci-fi is your parsnip or whatever. <laughs> um, no, yeah, no but you like all that sort of stuff. Yeah, sure. I just think this geezer coming at this and sort of saying that he looks like Harry. Look, confidence-wise, I th- I think number one, he should take this 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 woman who's showing interest in him out. But I think he should take her out on the basis that he likes her. Rather, what the way he's coming across is is for me anyway. He's talking about you know like, like succumbing to the will of his fucking penis. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, do you know take what? her out for a drink, get on with her, see how it goes. Rather than you, because you're letting your penis rule your brain. So, yeah. And also, also, can I just say, when people say stuff like that, it it, it really does betray uh, a, a incredible lack of sex in your life. When you, when you yeah. say stuff like "submit to the will of my penis," like the, the the thing is right. Tom, based based on the fact that you said to yourself that female attention, you, you sort of struggle to to come by it, right? You're talking to, by the way. You're talking to two people that have got exactly the same problem. Oh, mate, I've been, yeah, but I, I will yeah. say I've never, ever, ever uttered anything. And, like, this is no. nothing against you, friend. Uh, no. I've never, you know, said succumb to the will of my penis. No. My pe- I, I, penis I, has no will. My penis no. is a, my penis, of all the parts of my body, is the le- least willful thing that I have. Yeah, my, my <laughs> penis has got absolutely no resolve whatsoever. It's, it's, it's completely lacking in determination. Nobody, I would never describe my penis as strong-willed. In many ways, uh, it's quite it's quite indecisive. I would all say. Of my body parts, my penis is like someone who's been working for a company yeah. for like forty years, who just yeah. hates his job, yeah. hates it, and has literally just about he's just about to get his gold watch yeah. and be told and to fuck it, off and it, never it, work again. Every now and again, sort of sticks his head above the parapet to get involved in something, and then almost sort of shamefacedly <laughs> goes off back into hiding. Um, <laughs> Listen, what I would say to you, man, and we're not saying this to attack you at all, okay? What I'm saying is, if you're struggling in terms of female attention, the one thing you've got going for you is just being a decent bloke. And saying things like, submit to the will of my penis and don't shit where you eat and all that kind of stuff, all of that, you need to put that to one side. Where that comes from is a typical bloke thing of not getting much attention from women. And so that when you do, you feel like you've got to be all fucking laddie about it. And oh, I can't do it. I might give her a bit of the D if she's lucky. <laughs> all of that shit. Just fucking put that all in the bin, mate. If you like her, then be a gentleman and take her out and see, you know, see what, what comes out of that. If you don't, then don't. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, this whole, this whole, dick chat and all that stuff you gotta you gotta knock that on the head man that's not gonna it's not gonna fly yeah and she'd be pretty mortified if she showed you if some sort of interest and you you know you turn around and said oh you know what i'm glad that i emailed a podcast with two massive idiots uh yeah. both of who have had no luck with any women yeah uh yeah what's his other problem his other two? problem his other problem is um given your this is a bit of a quick one, actually. Uh, given your past experience with bandanas and virginity, I, I thought I'd ask you how it would be best to help my friend out. He's adamant that his bandana looks sick and that everyone that takes a piss does so because they're jealous. How do we tell him? And how do you tell a friend in general that they don't look good in what they're wearing and that they closely resemble a top-tier wanker? I feel like I'd want to know. I'd say just send... We, we can just send you a picture of Romesh and his bandana and, like, how... How you look now, because you've got your shit together, you look fucking sweet as. You're like fucking one of the most stylish people I know, right? 
but if he saw you, he, you in a bandana and how you fucking got rid of that fucking look, I, I'm happy to send him a picture of me and some of the shit I've worn. Can, I just, can, I, just say, can I just say something? Um, when you insult somebody, somebody as, as viciously as you just did, and, and, and by the way, <laughs> on, after the last podcast, after the last episode, I got a lot of messages from people saying, oh, you're a bit harsh at times. Can I just say something? His immediate response to this guy was we'd happily send you a photo of Ramesh in a bandana and then follows it up with you're one of the most stylish people as if any of that means anything after what you've just said no right, listen what I mean with, no this guy's reaching out right He's yeah. where he's knocking about town in a bandana, much like you did at his age, or you might have been a bit older when you wore your bandana. We don't know how old he is. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he's at uni, so he's in his twenties, right? Right, yeah. How old were you when you like said goodbye to your bandana? It was that night. It was after. It was at the end of that night. I never wore one again. But how so old were you when you 17, wore it? 18? Oh, I mean, yeah. In all fairness. Mate, what would, you know, what we, we've been, would, yeah. I, I'd say go back to episode one where we talk about, uh, you know, the guy, the double clink guy uh, in the yeah. pub. I think honesty is the best policy. Go up to your pal and just say, look, mate, you know, listen to these two podcasts. They talk about subjects that, that, that should clear this fucking whole bandana. I think very lucky. I probably think like 2% of the world's population look good in a bandana. Yeah, that's true. Um, do you want to do another one? Yeah, yeah, let's do another one. Okay, hold on. Um, so this is from Olivia Rosengarten. Okay. Right. Uh, Olivia says, uh, hello, my name's Olivia. I'm a fan of the podcast. Um, I have, what I have is, I'd say, less of a query, but more of a topic for you to discuss. Okay. What, is, what is your opinion of the marijuana scene in the UK? I think, as a young person, there are so many mixed messages surrounding the subject, and it's hard to know if something to be scared of or something to embrace and enjoy. You feel like there's a sense of shame around it. I'm assuming that you've both partaken of the devil's lettuce at one point in life. And I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Thanks for providing such a jokes podcast. Thank you for your email, Olivia. Uh, it's difficult, this one, because actually, as I was reading it, I thought to myself, this feels like it, it, it requires uh, a response from somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. Because yeah. this is like a fucking talk to Frank kind of uh, queer yeah. you know what I mean? I don't really know if we've got this in us, do you know what I mean? I mean, have you partaken in the devil's lettuce in your time, Tom? I've partaken in the devil's lettuce. I'm a big fan right. of CBD now. I, I don't I know partake you're. in the devil's lettuce. I, I swerve the devil's lettuce. Uh, shout out to Nature Can. Um, this is uh, fucking, I mean, this is like, this is like a corporate presentation at this stage. You, I, I'm not exaggerating to so say you have shouted out four separate brands during the course of this podcast. Mate, I, I love a shout out. I like to shout yeah, out. I um, yeah, so I have partaken in the devil's lettuce in that I don't even know where we're at with it now, if anything. Well, I, like I have less idea than probably Olivia does. Olivia feels like she's got more idea what's going on with the devil's lettuce. Well, Olivia's looking, <laughs> Olivia's looking for guidance. <laughs> the and... idea of just going up to someone and saying, have you got any devil's lettuce? Yeah, I, I, that, I mean, that would be my first bit. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, if you were trying to get hold of some. <laughs> I wouldn't refer to it as that. Olivia, what I would say to you is, it's not for Tom and I to tell you whether... I myself have never tried it, and nor would I. I wouldn't sully myself in that way. But, you know, if you you're... You are unbelievable. You're unbe your poor fucking podcast fans who listen to Hip Hop Save My Life are going to listen to this, where you sort of chat about wear a chronic T-shirt and a fucking... <laughs> 
bandana with your fucking big tongue trainers. <laughs> you're fucking, you're like such a, with your fucking chronic t-shirt, your bandana and your big tongue trainers, pretending well, you're, the... pretending you're all hip. I don't know, I went northern there. No, Olivia, the truth is I, I, I had, I have partaken when I was younger. Uh, what I would say to you is, uh, you know, just make sure you're fully informed. Uh, yeah, uh, you know what, Olivia, maybe Frank is your best bet for this this yeah, question. It's not us. Well, well, okay, Olivia, what I will say to you is, this is one piece of advice I would give to you. I'm not telling you whether to do it or not, Olivia. You do what you want to do. But what I would say is, if you decide you're going to do it, okay, one, be very, very careful how much you partake, and two, make sure you're in a safe environment to do that all right with friends, also olivia i'd right say home. that to listen to the problem before and just when you are moving into university flats or you are sharing a flat be careful who you show any kind of romantic uh, affection towards yeah. what, what i would say is don't get stoned and make a pass at one of your flatmates because yeah. that guy is not to be trusted no have you got any other quick ones rom okay uh tom this is a bit of a, a bit of an industry question you really want for oh, this wow. Yeah, okay. like an industry question. Okay, this is from Dave Stedman. It says, Dear Ramesh and Tom, you're both legends at writing. Tom, big congratulations on King Gary. It was a great lockdown binge over here in Sydney. Oh, wow. So, Australia. Uh, so you're both legends at writing, but he's only going to refer to one of your work. Okay, cool. My question is... Thanks, Dave. Cheers, mate. Uh, where and how do you get the ideas from the head onto paper? And what do you do with them after you have a script? especially when you know absolutely no one in the industry. I've always wanted to write comedy and I've been encouraged to do so, but I've absolutely no idea where to start. I've got the idea. I've got pages notes on my phone, but I need some help with what to do next. Get, Tom, uh, is that for me, this one? Yeah, I think it's to you, Tom. I mean, the guy seems to like King Gary. Can't name a single thing I've written. <laughs> so let's hand over to you. Um, I'd say that, that uh, I'd say to get to start trying to, to actually for like, form a script putting to putting a script together so actually getting those ideas in some sort of like order but actually not being worrying about like getting them down and putting the, the scripts themselves and uh <clears throat> but this is actually the worst advice i've ever given no i like it Don. no i i generally I, I feel like you now with the christmas trees i feel like <laughs> listen 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 let me just remind you of the two statements you just made this is the worst advice i've ever given that was the first thing you said then you followed up immediately with, I feel like you, with the Christmas trees. No, I know, right, because right, people... This is what people don't know about you. This is what people no, no, don't no, no, know about this you. Is, this is, let me tell you what you've done, right? Yeah, because you sugarcoat it. You, you have spent the whole of this fucking podcast on the edge of your seat, nervous, you, right? Like a manager looking, waiting for his team to score. As <laughs> I started talking about script writing, which you, I, may I say, you know I get anxious about it, you slowly lint back... <laughs> You slowly live back. I said a little fucking glint of the old devil's lettuce come out of your pocket. Can I tell you? Can I tell you? Okay. No, first of all, what I would say is um, two things. And I'm going to compliment you now, Tom. You are, you are great at writing comedy. But equal, as, as great as you are at writing comedy, you, uh, you are not comfortable about talking about your own success. So I can understand why you're struggling a little bit to sort of give this guy advice. But, Tommy, you are actually very well placed in to give advice, well, so. yeah, thank you. That's very sweet of you. I thank you. I've, no I problem. just, I would say, just get words down, and I'd say that uh, try if you can. 
to get on stage. I think stand up actually, when I first started actually trying to sort of, I think stand up early on in my career helped on the yeah. construct of jokes and, uh, and making, you know, what, what, giving you your own tone and giving you, you know, knowing what that is going forward. If I look at all of anything I've done over the years, over the last 10 years, all of it has, has had that voice. And uh, I think that's the most important thing of, of getting that. Um, and yeah, and don't worry too much about impressing other people and trying to get sort of mates on board because everyone you know will tell you it's not going to work. That's what happened to me. How were people, when you told people around you, you were going to go into comedy? I don't know, man. It's div- they were, you know, they just thought it was going to come to nothing because it, but I don't think that was that. I don't think it's because they uh, that was an insult to me necessarily. I just think they think it's because the chances of you, statistically speaking, the chance of you making a career out of it is so slim. Do you know what I mean? So they they saw it. You know, I went from doing maths teaching to going to comedy. People thought I was yeah. mad. Like my mum was worried about it. Like my friends sort of. I think they just thought I was going to do it as a hobby. And I do. I, and the thing is, it's not like I'm not one of these people thinking, oh, well, look at them now. They fucking thought I wasn't going to do it and all that. I, do, I get, totally get where they're coming from. Of course you would be concerned. If somebody you care about yeah, was, know, was, yeah, yeah. was rolling the dice and something like that, of course you're, it doesn't, of course you're right to be concerned. Mate, uh, but having like this, right, I, I, after I started doing comedy for a bit, one of the most insulting things is, is when you start being able to do it, and then your friends think that that means that it must be a piece of piss to do, right? The, the number of yeah, times yeah, yeah. I started doing gigs and mates would come and watch me or people I know would come and watch me. And then you come off stage, right, having done your gig and you thought it's gone all right. And you think, I wonder what they thought. And you go, and then they go, I think you are. I think I might give this a go. I might you. I might you. <laughs> so, so rather than saying, rather than saying, I thought what you did was good, what you're saying is, if a fucking idiot like you can have a set like that, I reckon... I reckon anybody could do this shit. Mate, I still get that from people now. All the every day I get people like that. Literally like if you could if you could write a sitcom, anyone can. Like that's pretty much pretty right. Like and when you say that about like I had so little going for me. Yeah. Like you had a profession. You were a teacher, right? Yeah. You had a fucking act. I was a labourer. Like when I when I tell people like, I lie, I try and build up my job by saying to people I was a scaffolder because the truth of the matter was I was a late, I was, the, you know, so when I said to people I was going to do comedy, most people genuinely thought that's just going to be something else he's going to fail at, like everything else he's tried. <laughs> like, yeah. Listen, thank you very much for your problems. Um, if you do want to send us a problem, a query, a question, or even just feedback, please send it to the, to wolfalpod at gmail.com. That is wolf alpod at gmail.com uh tom it's been how do you think this episode's gone mate i've enjoyed it you know because last last episode i think we had it was good right it was a good one i think we had a good we had a good first one i said the second one was better than the first one i think yeah and then this one i'd be i was a bit nervous coming into it i'll tell you why um i i had a big dinner just before starting and that's always bad that's always bad i've had three pints before this one right well, you have a, you you have a, you, you've had a kind of a loose swagger. I think it's the because all this time, I thought you were just drunk off your own kind of victory. From no, no, no. I, I, well, I'm not drunk on three pints, but I, I'm still, I'm, 
you know, three, this is the first time I've ever done. This is actually the first time I've ever performed with any alcohol in, inside me. Mm. Like usually, I don't gig or anything. So yeah, no. I feel like this. Genuine, I can listen to this back and go, oh yeah, yeah, that's what you like when you've. I mean, the, the most incredible thing about that is that you believe this be, to be a type of performance. What you've done on this. <laughs> um, there he is. <laughs> Take uh, one hour, one minute, and thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Mercy's uh, alive. Oh god. Okay. Right, Tom. Can you uh can you take us home, brother? Let's do it. Listen, you know who you are, but who are you? You're sitting there with all of your flatmates and you are watching an old episode of Dawson's Creek. You're laughing, you might be smoking some of the devil's lettuce. And at some point during that evening, a hand is raised and put across someone's back and there's a moment shared what is that moment is that friendship or is that something more and do you want to find out what it is listen there's different ways to go about things but the main way of doing anything is being decent so when it comes to how to get around such a problem always email a podcast and people that you think might be able to help because that's why they're there yeah, that was uh, it's one of the more literal ones you've done, but very, very nice. Uh, that one was, yeah, that, yeah, I think that was the three points there. It was very, it was very on the nose. Right, I'm going to go again with that one. No, 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 I liked it. I liked Are you sure? It. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I just hope that this guy's just going to sit there and we've really helped. I mean, part, part of it, part of it, I'll be honest, it felt like it was very specifically directed at ha- our Harry Potter emailer. <laughs> like, very, very... <laughs> Yeah. You yeah, sort of really wanted to drive a message home to him. It, it felt to me that, yeah, he. I'm worried about him and I want him to get back in touch and I want to see, see what if he's you okay. worried about, What are you worried about him? Well, I just think that... I just You think... absolutely coated him off. Not 20 minutes ago. <laughs> That's what I'm like as a person, though. <laughs> now now I'll spend a whole... I'll spend a good week thinking about, oh, that guy's all right. Look, he knows. We're only joking. We're only joking, but please... But get in touch. Yeah, wolfalpod at gmail.com. Tom Davis, it's been an absolute pleasure riding with you, brother. Yo, wolves, out. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bless you.